0: dog works radio is sponsored by alaska dog works check out their website at alaskadogworks.com
1: start your day tomorrow with the daily dog with michelle forteau the morning podcast on dog works radio apple podcast reviewer patty christensen calls it funny smart and filled with all the info i want to know about dogs i love this show Wake Up With a Daily Dog, available on DogWorks Radio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows. Hello and
0: welcome everyone, this is Robert Forto from dog Works Radio. You're listening to part three of our limited series, the 1925 Serum Run, hosted by our friend, Alex Stein. If you have not heard our other episodes, we encourage you to go back and listen. We will be here waiting for your return. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto.
2: Mushing Radio presents the 1925 Serum Run. Remember to subscribe to Mushing Radio so you don't miss an episode. Catch up with previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or at mushingradio.com. Previously on the 1925 Serum Run. In January 1925, Dr. Curtis Welch of Nome noticed an uptick of patients with severe coughs. After several deaths, he determined that the cause was diphtheria, a bacterial infection that causes gray lesions in the mouth and throat and eventually makes it impossible to breathe. An epidemic of diphtheria is almost inevitable here, stop. I am in urgent need of one million units of diphtheria antitoxin, stop. The Board of Health unanimously votes for the dog sled relay. Now all they need is to locate the antitoxin. Word comes in from Anchorage, that 300,000 units of antitoxin are at a hospital and can be sent to Nome. Early in the morning of January 27th, Dr. Beeson brings his 20-pound package containing the antitoxin down to the train station where it's put on the northbound train. It's 50 below zero. Given the weather, it may have made more sense to wait until the morning. But Wild Bill Shannon says, if people are dying, let's get started. After running to Minto and then on to Tolavana, Wild Bill hands the antitoxin off to Edgar Callens. Meanwhile in Nome, legendary musher Leonard Seppala sets out with a team of 20 dogs determined to mush to the halfway point, turn around, and mush back to Nome with the antitoxin. This week, the press picks up the story. When you think about it, The Serum Run was the perfect newspaper story. Alaska had always been renowned as the last frontier, a place so remote and so deadly that it challenged the hardiest of men and women. And while the lower 48 were becoming more and more modern at the beginning of the 20th century, and there were fewer and fewer places in the lower 48 that were truly inaccessible, much of Alaska remained remote. Hard to reach deadly if you made a mistake. The automobile and then the airplane were making every bit of the lower 48 accessible. But Alaska was then and is now a place where much of the state is not connected by roads. Modern conveniences like reliable electricity and indoor plumbing were a luxury in many parts of the state. Add to the mix the heroic nature of beautiful and majestic dogs, and you get an ideal story for newspapers to run. And to run with. Within days of the dogs starting to run, stories appear in newspapers on the West Coast and then all across the country. Headlines like, Dogs Pitted Against Death in Gnome Race, battle with more matter-of-fact stories such as, Dogs carry antitoxin to snowbound Alaskan city. Writers and editors start contacting Dr. Welch and Governor Bone constantly, wanting interviews and details that nobody else has. Welch bristles at the idea of serving the media instead of his patients. But Governor Bone, who had once been a press agent, recognizes the enormous difference a few well-placed newspaper and radio stories can make. He finds himself spending more and more time with writers and editors, answering their questions and providing juicy quotes, including saying the mushers were suffering for the sufferers on the trail to Nome. Local officials, national officials, congressmen, senators, and even the president comment on the story, praising the brave residents of Nome and emphasizing that a great country stands by to help by whatever means necessary. The names of mushers and remote towns are thrown around. Newspapers diligently reprint maps filled with exotic names like Manly Hot Springs, Ruby, Nalato, and Unalaclete. Seemingly overnight, people all over the lower 48 fancy themselves experts on diphtheria, dog sleds, and the Arctic. As if to help make the story more relatable and dramatic, The deep freeze and severe weather that had battered Alaska makes its way south. The Hudson River freezes solid, locking New York City into the type of deep freeze more often seen in Fairbanks. Cattle on ships bound for places upstate freeze to death in their tracks in Manhattan. The dramatic reports of people on the East Coast dying in the cold just heightens awareness of the plight of those in Nome. No Mayor George Maynard begins sending anxious telegraph reports to newspaper writers and editors. To say he exaggerates the situation is putting it charitably. Maynard knows that papers want a dramatic story, so he gives it to them. He claims at one point that he might have to get a Russian icebreaker to deliver antitoxin to Nome, although he states that he would much rather have Americans help their own. At other times, he says that new cases are spiking and Dr. Welch is down to his very last dose of antitoxin. These claims are not strictly true. Maynard's urgent pleas for help, which ask for the U.S. to send planes to Alaska that could take antitoxin to Nome, unlike the open-cockpit Bush planes already in the state, makes news all over the U.S. Often. The stories are run at the top of the front page with a headline screaming in large type. The story in the Washington Post runs under the banner, epidemic grows graver, city begs officials to send aid by air. The New York Sun hypes a proposed rescue mission by air as the greatest humanitarian service ever rendered by a flyer in peacetime. In an era of hyperbole, this story is perfect. Fighting Dan Sutherland, Alaska's territorial representative in Congress and Fairbanks Daily News minor publisher, Wrongfont Thompson, continue to lobby for an airborne solution to Nome's problem. But Governor Bone ignores the pressure from Sutherland and the press and sticks to his original idea of a dog sled relay. But Bone realizes that if the reports coming out of Nome are true, the epidemic is getting worse he needs to find a way to speed up the relay even more. So the easy answer is more dog teams. While this requires some logistical adjustments, it makes sense to keep having fresh teams of dogs whenever the previous team gets tired to keep the antitoxin moving. Bone settles on a new plan involving 20 dog teams and over 150 dogs. But Bone and everyone else recognizes that Sepala is still the man everyone wants to carry the antitoxin across the tricky and dangerous Norton Sound. Going across the ice at Norton Sound is a significant shortcut that will save more than half a day. But the Norton Sound is also notoriously difficult, a place where blizzards come up out of nowhere, whiteout conditions are common, there is no cover from the fierce wind, and it's easy to lose track of exactly which direction a dog team is headed the new plan is for sepula to go as far as shaktulik only about 170 miles from Nome. this means that Sepala will run 340 miles not the 638 he'd originally planned for but Sepala has already left and there's no way to get in touch with him newly recruited drivers are told that in addition to transporting the serum they need to keep an eye out for the Norwegian Sepala and his 20 Siberian Huskies. The first musher who spots Sepala will tell him to wait in Shaktulik instead of going on to Nalata. In Nome, Gunnar Kassin, who works with Sepala and helps train some of Sepala's dogs, is told to head south to be part of the relay. Kassin goes to Sepala's dog yard, where he's been told he was free to use any of the remaining dogs for company business while Sepala is away. Seppala told Cassin that if Cassin ran a dog team, he needed to run Fox, a brown and black husky, in lead. But as Cassin looks up and down the dog yard, his eye is drawn to a black dog with one white front leg named Balto. Cassin selects his dogs and puts them in harness. At the last minute, he decides to ignore Seppala's wishes and places Balto in lead. Meanwhile... The antitoxin makes its way into the interior. And it's at this point, in the middle of the story, that things get interesting. Facts become fungible things, and it's hard sometimes to tell what's myth-making and what's real. Not to mention that poets, songwriters, and tellers of tall tales have already latched onto the serum run as a way to illustrate the stories they already want to tell, which doesn't make it any easier to separate fact from fantasy. In Tolavana, Wild Bill Shannon gives the antitoxin to Edgar Callens. Callens runs 31 miles to Manly Hot Springs in a little over five hours. It's 56 below zero when he arrives. By some accounts, Callens' trip is uneventful. But the owner of the lodge at Manly Hot Springs claims Callens' hands are frozen to his sled when he arrives, and he has to pour hot water over Callens' hands to get them off. So you tell me. Is it more mythic to go 31 miles when it's 56 below and have no problem? Or to have your hands freeze to the sled so you need hot water to pry them off? That same day, Dan Green takes the package 28 miles to Fish Lake. It's handed off to Johnny Folger, who runs his team into the night 26 miles to Tanana. On January 29th, several new cases of diphtheria are discovered in Nome. Six dog teams bring the antitoxin an additional 170 miles. Sam Joseph mushes 35 miles to Callens. Titus Nikolai and his dogs go 24 miles to Nine Mile Cabin. Dave Corning and his dogs go 30 miles to Cochrane's. Harry Pitka brings the antitoxin another 30 miles to Ruby. Bill McCarty takes the antitoxin 28 miles to Whiskey Creek. And Edgar Nolner goes 24 miles to Galena, where the next driver is his brother George, who'd just gotten married a few days earlier. George takes the antitoxin 18 miles to Bishop Mountain. For the most part, everything is going well. Governor Bone's plan seems to be working, and the weather has even let up a little. But between Galena and Bishop Mountain, the weather turns colder again. George Nolner arrives at Bishop Mountain at 3 a.m. on January 30th and hands the antitoxin off to musher Charlie Evans. It's 61 degrees below zero. Things had been going smoothly. But remember, it's just when things start to seem smooth that you're in the biggest danger. Next time, ice fog as the trail turns deadly. You're listening to the 1925 Serum Run on Mushing Radio.
0: Did you know that Alaska Dog Works trains service dogs for those in need throughout North America? Each and every service dog that is trained through the Lead Dog Service Dog Program and Michelle Forda Winner team has an individual training plan. We train for autistic, mobility, psychiatric, and PTSD for our soldiers for service work. If you know of someone that may need a service dog, please take a moment and check out Alaska Dog Works on social media and at alaskadogworks.com. Hi,
2: guys. It's Alex. If you're a fan of Sled Dog Sports in the Iditarod, Mushing Radio is the show for you. Each Wednesday, we drop a new episode on Dog Works Radio. So be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: If you like our podcast, there are a few things you can do. You can take a couple of minutes and go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. You can also check out all of our Dog Works Radio sponsors and promotions in our show notes. Another thing you can do is go over to Facebook, like our Facebook page, and one last thing, please tell all of your friends by spreading the word about Dog Works Radio. Thank you so much for listening to us. We really appreciate you.
0: Dog Works Radio is produced by Robert Forto. Logo art by Angry Squirrel Studios. Dogworks Radio is produced in conjunction with KVRF 89.7 in Palmer, Alaska.
1: For dog training advice, you can contact Alaska Dogworks at 907 841 1686 or visit their website at alaskadogworks.com. If you have a show idea or would like to be a guest, please contact us by sending an email to live at dogworksradio.com.